This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All right, so the time is 11.38. Seeing as we were talking about helping those who are visually impaired, let's go to ancient Egypt and talk about, just for a start, the Eye of Horus. Characterized by a stylized eye, the wing eye, as Nondulu Huso calls it, adorned with distinctive markings, the cat eye, the wing eye motif that has made its way back into fashion in 2023-2024, it's believed in ancient Egyptian culture to possess magical properties to protect you. All right? Um, There's also something about that Egyptian crown that has that's adorned with the head of the cobra. Um, also, something to do with garnering wisdom uh, and also protection. I think I'm just saying that a lot of the things that we talk about today, whether it's mystic uh, mysticism or it's scientific and mathematical trigonometry, um, comes from the ancient land of the pharaohs. Uh, it comes from Timbuktu as well, on the other side of the Sahara, the Mansa Musa Empire. But I'm raising this because this week, Egyptologists, who are archaeologists, paleontologists, people study bones, who study the scrolls of ancient Egypt, anthropologists who study culture, were astounded that upon using AI, Uh, and computer-generated images, they found that, uh, images of the tombs of pharaohs, they found that the computer says the ancient pharaohs were black. That's all the computer said. Objectively, the ancient pharaohs, with the information that has been drawn, collated, devised, the ancient pharaohs were black. And we don't mean... Black and mixed, we mean black, the people of Kush and Nubia. And as a result, questions are now being raised about the images that dominate pop culture about those pharaohs. Pharaohs like Tutankhamun and uh, Queen Nefertiti. Those images are not accurate. Firstly, they're way too light to have been true Egyptian royalty. And... What young students then observed were how the scientists, disappointed with the findings, are now trying to find justifications and saying, but they could have been purely back. They must have had some Arab blood. That would explain the curly hair. Um, Even if the skin is dark, the features suggest European blood. And so young students, Gen Xs will fetch you, Bella. They they won't accept that. And they'll say, why are you trying to sanitize the findings, objective findings of a computer. If the computer is telling you the pharaohs were black, you must accept that. And that then reinforces and reaffirms the teachings of oral history that has told us that the builders of the pyramids, the rulers of Egypt, were black, and therefore black Africans contributed so much to Western civilization in fields like maths, physics, in science, astronomy, the study of the stars, um, and just in culture. 
And so yesterday I just raised it as a point. That's all I was doing. But it turned out so many of our power listeners were intrigued or incensed or wanted to wade in that today we decided let's dedicate the culture corner to how politics and um, prevailing norms can interfere with science. A field that should have no politics starts to be political. And we're joined by Menzi Masego, uh, a cultural expert. Good morning. Uh, greetings. Good morning. Good rising. Oh my gosh. Do you know yeah. what? Yes. Uh, your line is so bad. Are you all right there? I'm good. Uh, let me see. Yeah, you try to fix that, and I'll also go into other things. Uh, so the Egyptians introduced the writing system known as hieroglyphics, uh, which has played a pivotal role in um, shaping modern Sanskrit and writing systems and contributed to the field of linguistics. Definitely how they built the pyramids um, is the adept use of geometry in construction and surveying. And some have said um, this was the basis of trigonometry, complex mathematics, how um, the Egyptians uh, used maths in engineering. Of course, we're talking about the wing eye, the cat eye, uh, which then starts to lead to uh, aesthetics and definitions of beauty set by the ancient Egyptians, the people of the Nile. Menzi Masego, good morning. Thanks. Uh, I think that's much rising. Yes, Good sir. rising to everyone. Okay, so what do you make of this debate that's raging uh, scholastically with uh, some scientists saying, okay, it's fine if AI uh, has found that the ancient pharaohs were black, but they couldn't have been black, black. <laughs> they were actually very black, and that's what they defined themselves as. They defined themselves as Kemetu or Kemetans, if you use in English. Right. Uh, Tina, we say Komati, some say uh, Kamtu, you know. Uh, these words all carry uh, similar etymology, uh, etymological foundation. And the, the basic letters, are, the, fo- the foundational letters are KM and T, you know. And in a language that did not have uh, used vowels uh, readily as the, 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 the alphabet does, you know, the p- people from different parts of Africa would say Kamta, some would say Kemet, some would say Kemteu, you know. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, the word itself means black. And okay. the naysayers would say, oh, it, it doesn't refer to the people, it, it refers to the soil. No, but also these same people call themselves so, uh, sons, brother, of the uh, sons of the soil, yeah. daughter of the soil. So the soil basically defined the people just like you define moto or musoto. What does it mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, means umuntu ontundu. We call ourselves abantu abantundu, you know, which means we are brown-skinned people, dark brown-skinned people. Uh, so the, the, but the Kemetans didn't call themselves brown-skinned people. They called themselves black-skinned people. Okay. Okay. And so why do you think there's this debate about the race of the pharaohs? If oral history uh, and other history documented has always suggested that, even linguistically as you're explaining it. Yeah. The interesting thing, the way you started, I, I was listening and you're talking about AI, uh, a particular AI that was dealing with the DNA or something yeah. of, of, of somebody. The pharaohs, I think put, yeah. Tut or Quintia uh, or Quintuya, yeah. and they said, no, the, the AI determines that the pharaohs were black. 
Yeah. Well, it, it's 50 years before AI generated uh, 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 algorithms that we had our teachers, James G. Jackson, were saying the same thing. Uh, Sheikh Anta Diop was saying the same thing. If you look at Amakola, the so-called Amazon did, yeah. <laughs> here in Southern Africa, people like, I think I've mentioned this man before here. Uh, his name was Make Mafuze. In yeah. the first chapter of his book, or the black people and whence they came. Mm. He says that the people of uh, who are called Abandu, they emerged from the Nile Valley region, mm. which some people term the uh, term Egypt. Okay. Right. So this is someone writing in 1920 in Southern Africa. Sheikh Anta Diop gave a presentation in Europe somewhere in a pre- where he basically dismantled all the white scientists, the European, excuse me, scientists who were saying. Uh, who, who were trying to prove that the, the, the pharaohs and the people uh, around that area were actually light-skinned people. They were even saying, no, they are brown. But Sheikh Antetiop came with evidence in the 1950s and 60s and basically dismantled their theory scientifically with etymology, with DNA, with archaeology, with anthropological evidence connecting the, the greater parts of Africa to the Nile Valley region, which begins in which begins in Uganda, all the way up to uh, uh, Alexandria. Okay, so we're told, I mean, simply put, that they've used uh, CT scans mm. and other AI tools, which they mm. say have an accuracy of over sixty percent, mm. to restore damaged relics, mm. texts and locations, even inscriptions. And in utilizing um, this uh, technology, they have reconstructed the faces of Ramses III, the second, and Amenhotep the first as well, and as well as a few other pharaohs. And it's coming out indisputably to show that whilst they have delicate faces, um, they are what we are saying, that they are black-skinned Africans, including Tutankhamun. The question is, why? who are we arguing with? I, in my attitude to these things, because, you know, when something has been put to bed scientifically, has been actually uh, 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 determined by various scientists, not just black ones, you know. Yeah. I, I mentioned Sheikh Anta Diop, I mentioned the scholar Obabo Makemafuze, uh, James G. Jackson, and Jacob Karatas, and... Uh, Anthony Prouder, various scholars have actually clarified this question. So the question we must ask ourselves, who are we arguing with about this race? And why do people want to make Northern Africans black? I mean, excuse me, why do they want to make them look white? You know, so there's an agenda here to actually take the, 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 what what do they call the legacy? of pyramid building, the legacy of sciences, the legacy of mathematics, the legacy of so many things that right. African people have done and attributed to people that have nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know, because we know that Napoleon came and stole artifacts. People were selling even uh, uh, pharaohs, mummies. They were selling them on the streets mm-hmm. in Europe wow. in the 18th century. You know, they were selling uh, uh, crowns, where well, it's not really a crown, like yeah. the attests, the, the, the headdresses made of gold, things that have deep spiritual significance. And they were selling them on European streets. Even now, till today, you go yeah. to some European houses for some of us to travel. You go there and you sit in someone's lounge and you look at this uh, 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 sculpture and you're like, what is this thing from Benin yeah. doing there? 
when it's supposed to be a ritual thing for the coming of age of a child mm. and it's sitting there as an ornament. So these are the things that we need to ask ourselves and just basically stop actually arguing with them because science has proven, mm. not just science, but all kinds of, uh, of scholarship has proven that mm. Northern Africa is white and we yeah. are basically relatives to those people in the Northern yeah. Africa because we've been traveling up and down the continent. Yeah. Okay. And obviously a lot of DNA tests have also been done in, uh, as, mm-hmm. you know, post these reconstructions and National Geographic has also uh, looked at it uh, on Cairo scene. And they mm. say that Northern um, Egyptians and some of those pharaohs, they only have 3% Southern European uh, ancestry, which would make them only yes. 3% Spanish or Italian or French, which is, which is, so the, darker, which is the darker <laughs> European. Uh, mm. 3% from Asia Minor, so Turkish and Greece. Uh, 3% uh, Eastern European. Um, mm. 17% from Arabia. And the rest is uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, but on the northern side, Sahelian. Uh, would yes, be 68%. Hell. Yes. Mm. So there, there, there are also some discrepancies when it comes to terms. You know, mm. I think you've read, you are a reader, I listen to you, and I'm like, every time you argue, you argue with some knowledge-based stuff, like yeah. with some good research. There is no such thing as, just like there is no Middle East, yeah. you know, there is no Sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. It is all Africa. It is called Sub-Saharan Africa to push a certain political agenda, yeah. which is a geo, 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 what do they call it? geopolitical agenda, which has everything to do with economics, which has everything to do with how Europe, European scholars, academics, yeah. and even uh, 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 people that control certain economies, they like to divide, the, partition the world into mm. certain uh, regions so that they can benefit from mm. Dividing those regions. I mean, it's not even an, it's not even an, uh, a, a surprise why you find that yeah. a place like Somalia and Sudan is always in internal conflict. There's always a civil war going on there. So that, well, I don't want to go in too deeply mm. into the politics, but okay. there, there is an actual deliberate divide and rule so that you can actually separate these people when it's very clear that Somalian people are actually the same people of Egypt. Yeah, okay. They were let's, called Punt. Let's do this. Uh, and which is why there's Puntland also in northern yes. Somalia. Okay, but yes. let's do this. We're, we have understood that science is meant to be and it's a word I've used a lot today, agnostic. In other words, immune yes. to political influence, biases, right? Yes. And biases, okay? Mm. A scientific formula is a scientific formula. H2O yes. is the two components of hydrogen and oxygen. It mm. makes water. Mm. There's no politics mm. there. There's no ideology there. Mm. There's no race. And that's mm. what science and fields mm. like archaeology, paleontology are supposed to do. And yet, many people say science <laughs> is highly Political. They even say the digital science of the modern day is political. And I love this example that was used once is if we say computers are very clever and they use AI, then Mm. just type in picture of a baby in your Mm. Google search. Mm. The AI has been programmed to give you for all intents and purposes European looking baby. So when you say AI baby, you're probably mm. going to see the first 10 to 20 images being mm-hmm. a white or a European baby because yes. the scientists programming that AI have those biases. And the programming, my sister, becomes a, you know, the programming uh, uh, is coherent with the, with, with the worldview of its creator. 
you know, the computer only does, the computer is basically a human brain, an artificial human brain. That's why it's called artificial intelligence. Mm. It is not official intelligence. But it becomes official when the dominant group that dominates culture, dominates economics, dominates uh, 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 even academic spaces, uh, uh, is allowed to uh, uh, make mm. to make that thing the dominant uh, uh, status quo, so to speak. Mm. You know. So for me, the, the most important thing is is to is to actually support people like Asar Imhotep, Marifado, uh, GEK. You know, mm. people that are actually scientifically putting forth arguments that are clear about okay. uh, 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 the, the the power of black aesthetics, for example, mm. to say that it, the images must be clear, whether it's a spiritual, it's a mm. spiritual discipline or whether it's science, but it must, you must be very okay. clear and very intentional about foregrounding blackness in, okay. your, in whatever you're doing. So let's go back outside mm. of the politics of this whole discovery with CT scans mm. and AI. Let's go back to why Egyptology is such a fascination for people. So mm. I refer to a few things. I refer to mathematics and the building of the pyramids. Tell yes. us why the people of Kush, Nubia, and even um, um, Mansa Musa's empire are said mm. to have been the early uh, discoverers of mathematics? Uh, well, um, I can talk about Mansa Musa, but Mansa Musa was more like a trader. Uh, a, 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 I won't say conglomerate, but mm. it was more a, a, a ruler who was really a, a shrewd, uh, tradesman. His mm. main <laughs> his main thing is was trading in gold and other and, and other mm. things that are discovered around the area where he ruled and his and, and that's Timbuktu. So that's near Mali, yeah. that side. Just uh, I like to just say West Africa, okay. <laughs> okay. you know, West Central West. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there are certain things that I found there that he was able to uh, trade with people along the the the, 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 the coastlines of. Mm in Spain, in Carthage, and mm. in places like that, and even further, right? So that's mm. why Mansa Musa's influence spreads throughout, okay. because it was, he was trading, when you're trading, you meet a whole lot of other people from different civilizations, okay. Okay. and then that's how the, the fame spreads, right? But of course, while he is trading, the, he, he, you discover certain scientific, uh, not just disciplines, but you discover certain tools, certain resources, certain ways of sailing, certain ways of uh, 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 what can I say? Navigation. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm trading with the Portuguese and I like the way their ship, I may, I may be using an inferior ship. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe coming from Mozambique or somewhere, and I've gone around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that someone with the, uh, an Arab trader who's mm-hmm. who's been trading for 400 years. Okay. Yes, obviously that it's going to rub off. I'm going to try and I'm going to get you know some skills on how to build, okay. how to better our our own vessels and things like that. But when it comes to issues of mathematics and discoveries of the scientific discoveries from Africa. Uh, again, I think trade plays a big, a significant role because trade basically means you have to travel. Right. You know, I mean, even as a Zulu, it's not just talking about marriage. It's not just talking about yeah. courting. It's talking about even medicine people, medicine men. It's known right. there are some certain Zulu and um, Gunim proverbs that speak about how the healer must travel if he wants to stay relevant for the next okay. hundred years or more. Travel, get some skills elsewhere. So uh, Egypt and the, the Nile Valley and all these kind of trade routes were spaces where 
intercultural exchange is happening. Okay. And that intercultural exchange also carries scientific discovery. Okay. Astronomy mm. is another big one now that you talk about Ooh, navigating yes. the seas. And the Egyptians mm. are very big on it. Um, how mm. they correlate human life to the stars and the mm. moon and the you know, the movement of the earth around the sun and those kinds of things, the sundials. Mm. Uh, so tell us about their contribution to some of these scientific fields. Oh, you're asking such a deep question. That's one that just needs a top a day on its own because there is something that was uh, discovered, I think, in the uh, around the 18th century again because, again, like when Napoleon uh, uh, kind of invaded uh, Egypt at a particular point, uh, I think he was actually taking it from the... I want to say, was it the Ottoman Empire? I stand corrected. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of controlled by the Ottoman Empire from that at, at that time, from Gaza, from parts of uh, Israel, mm-hmm. all the way down to the borders of Kush, the borders of Nubia. Uh, the Roman Roman people, Roman Empire was basically, basically making inroads, uh, right. trying to take over all those lands. So there was a lot of thieving, there was a lot of stealing. Of, uh, of artifacts. And one of the artifacts that was actually bombed, it was dynamited down from the roof, was a, 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 a how do you call it? Like a, a, a star, I'm forgetting the word, but it was a, 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 a like a zodiac, mm-hmm. like a, a, an actual in, engraved zodiacal uh, a, a timepiece. I use the word timepiece, but there's another scientific word right. for it. Uh, that is called the Tendera, the Tendera Stone. And this Tendera Stone basically is a zodiac uh, a map. Uh, that was also later when Egypt was taken over by, by some, of the, some, some Greeks. They actually engraved their own signs on top of the signs that were already existing wow. there for, since for 2,000 years in the Temple of Heteru. And the Temple of Heteru was a temple, was a solar observation site, was a place where people would, from different parts of Africa and different right. parts of the world would come and learn about astronomy okay. before astrology per se, but just yeah. they were learning about astronomy, how to, okay. what the significance of stars, the significance of constellations, and what do they All mean. Right. That's how the, 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 the word is above so below. Okay. Uh, uh, became famous. And then we'll dedicate a day to all of this. And of course, we've already established hieroglyphics and writing systems. One fascination Mm. for me, and certainly for Nondu, is the cat Mm. eye in Egyptian Ah. aesthetics. And for me, it's the snake on the uh, Egyptian crown or headpiece. What are the meanings of these two creatures? I wonder why they call it the cat eye, <laughs> but the, the 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 eye of Heru or the yes. eye of Horus yes. uh, uh, depicts the left eye of the mythopoetic or the mythological uh, 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 principle uh, of the sun, which is depicted, which is symbolized as a hawk. So this it's the eye of a hawk, not the eye of a cat. It only becomes painted onto the cat because they even put makeup on cats back in the days <laughs> because okay. cats were sacred to, 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 to the housewives. They were sacred to the, to the homemakers okay. uh, and to the priests that take care of temples, the inner parts of the okay. temple. The cat called Bast was sacred to them. But the origin of the, of the eye of Heru actually comes from the origin of the father of Heru, which is Ra, which is the so-called sun god. By the way, there's no gods in Egypt. All of these are natural principles anthropomorphized to look like human beings or any other natural okay. uh, 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 thing, corporeal okay. something. So the cat, the eye itself, the left eye, 
depicts the left eye of Heru, yeah, which stands for kingship, which stands for wisdom, which stands for uh, certain other scientific principles that I don't think we can get into right now. But there's a a particular measure about the hawk's eye. And very briefly, the cobra? Yeah, now the cobra now, um, I forget what it's called, Wajet. The cobra was called Wajet. It stands for wisdom. It stands for intellectual prowess. It stands for okay. uh, also some kind of kind of sexual stamina, that, that type of thing, uh-huh. you know. Uh, and Wajet was also called the daughter of Ra, uh-huh. right? I... But the symbol itself basically means it, it talks about also the unity of all parts. Okay. I think we need a, as you said, we're going to need another lesson. But thank you for today, Menzi Masego, as we just talk about some of the mythologies behind the ancient Egyptians. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.